Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thanks for joining me again. Again, if you've listened this week, I've got for a whole week and maybe even more, I have my whole entire staff with me uh, today, uh, Pastor Dewey Alger, Pastor Maxwell Buchanan, Pastor Don Bertelson, the four of us, and I'm Tom Doherty, and we're going to uh, share. We're talking about the accountability of Jesus, and we're going to close this, this this message out uh, with this will be the third message in this. This will be the end, and we'll be sharing something different uh, next week. But uh, let's have a word of prayer first. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for these guys who love you so dearly, and they work so uh vividly and strongly and and excitedly in their ministries. Bless them, God, and bless our listeners. Lead us. May we listen to you. May we be accountable. Thank you for all those that take time to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 8, 17 says, For there is nothing hidden that will be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. You know, we all know this. The Lord knows all. You ever growing up hearing that from your folks you know god sees you no matter what you know you're you know we always use the, the illustration of adam and eve in the garden and and you know until they sinned they didn't realize they were naked you know and the, and the embarrassment and this and that that god sees us he knows everything about us more than that jesus wants his disciples to follow him your spiritual influence, folks, will be looked at. Believe me, it's going to be looked at. People know what you're about. Alistair Begg, who is an author, he said this, Our witness, good or bad, is the overflow of our lives. And that's just the truth. You know, who we are, the abundance of who we are comes out. People know that. What is your life producing? Do, does people, do people see Jesus in your life? Or what do they see? Um do you guys, when you think about your lives and think about growing up, were you taught a lot about accountability and, and about that kind of thing, or is it something you thought about through your church lives? What happened? Yeah, I think uh, for sure the accountability thing was pretty big and stressed to me from um, church leadership from an early age, which was really cool because um, the church that I went to, it was very like it, once you were you were officially done with Sunday school in fourth grade, and then that's when you went to preteen ministry, then junior high, and then high school. And all along those times, like preteen ministry upwards, we always had a leader that was walking with us, and they were always – um, like I'm still in contact with a lot of those people and they're still my friends um, and still like even accountability partners to this day that I can talk to about just about anything. And so just the accountability and the even getting in the word and living this thing out was always an example to me. And I always had people doing it and doing it pretty well and ministering to my own life. So I think I'm very blessed in that, that way and at home too, but That's just awesome. even from a church aspect. Yeah. yeah accountability I think is uh and I know we had a lot of it growing up. I, I was very blessed for two years of my life. I got to go to a place, uh, school called Greenleaf Friends Academy out in Greenleaf, Idaho. And honestly, my parents helped shape me, but Greenleaf had a lot to do with shaping me spiritually. I, the teachers were godly uh, teachers, and it was all about Jesus out there. And uh, even my great friends from today are still from that school, like you, Max, growing up. My great uh, friends are from that school that I went to for my soft, freshman sophomore year, and and I always try to give Greenleaf a plug because they certainly changed my life. And we had a fun sports program, and and they just I didn't. We had such community, but more than anything else, Jesus. I ended up going to a 
graduating from George Fox College, a Quaker college. You know, went to Quaker High School, Quaker <laughs> College, but I'll, I'll be grateful for Green if the rest of my life. And that's why I like supporting them. And, and so anyway, then we get to Luke 17, 1 and 2. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It'd be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of the little ones to stumble. I honestly think uh, that many people ignore these powerful words of Jesus because they know they're leading people down a wrong path by living contrary to what the world word of God says. They are living a non-biblical lifestyle, and so others see it and think, oh, that's okay. So we start the justification process. Jesus is not wasting his breath. He said things that cause people to stumble are bound to come because the enemy is alive and well, but woe to those that they come. That is why I always tell parents, what are you emulating at home? Your children, what are they seeing? And are your children justifying their lives by what you do? Guys, I've seen this over and over in Christian. I've had so many people tell me, well, I'm fine. I believe in Jesus. I mean, it really, they think that's all that matters. i got news for you. The devils, the demons believe in Jesus. But uh, he's saying, look, he said, if you're going to cause your brother to stumble, there's going to be some consequences. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we really take that seriously. What do you guys think? Well, you know, in that passage you read, who makes one of these little ones stumble, or another place it says make the children, that really hits very close to home. I still have two kids in the home, but then working over at the church with the you know little kids, I want to be so careful what I'm teaching them or the influences of what they're hearing because, you know, they're so, you know, God's Jesus said, uh, become like a little child, you know, in faith, you know, come to me. And, you know, we, we need to be careful how we live our lives and what we talk about. And um, people are watching, especially um, those little dudes are soaking it up like a sponge, you know, and, and that, that verse just really hits me hard because, well, I guess I'm being the children's minister. I just, Want them to have a, a good shot growing up, loving the Lord. Well, I got, agree. And you got two young teen kids. Yeah. yeah, I have my grandkids, and I have an interesting story. Taken, I was coming home, and I was getting frustrated driving. I'm not the most patient man on the road. And as I was going there, I was complaining. I had my four year old grandson in the back, and he says, "Papa, why don't you pray about it?" And mm-hmm. I said, "I will. I'll do that. Drive a little bit more and complained a little bit more." And he says, "Papa, why don't you pray about it?" <laughs> I said, I will. And finally, after the third complaint, he said, don't you think you should pull over and pray? <laughs> so who was teaching who? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I think that that's so, like, what's encouraging, too, is a lot of times uh, we see families come back when they do have kids. Like, maybe they left for a little while. And I know it can be disheartening that they left in the first place, but it's like, hey, at least their kid's getting this, and their kid's going to be preaching to the parent when they get home oh, of all the right. stuff they learned in Sunday school because they're soaking it all. So anytime that I see... Uh, you know, family come back because they're like, oh, we have a kid and we want to raise them around this. I'm like, well, some impact's going to happen within the Somewhere home. along the line. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's going to be there. And of course, way. Max, you got the youngest. You got the two-year-old here. Yeah, almost two. Yeah. yeah. He's a wild little Little man. Conrad. Yeah. He looks like Max Jr., I'm telling you. <laughs> Everybody thinks he's going to be growing a beard at age five because yeah. we always joke with Max because Max is the only guy we know can grow a beard overnight. He's already got a little peach fuss. So <laughs> we're working he? on Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, there it goes. But uh, neat little kid. And we're Ray, and I have a wonderful daughter, too, who loves the Lord dearly and who hopefully is going to be back in our church in the last of May and hopefully back playing the drums again. Of course, I don't want to force her, but of course, she's been playing the keys up in, uh, in yeah. Pocatello, so I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, I like what great that great Charles Spurgeon said. He said, "Every Christian is a missionary or an imposter." Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, how much better mm-hmm. words is that? You're a missionary or imposter. You're at, you're sharing the news of Jesus to a world, or you're just pretending to be a Christian." Mm-hmm. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, Paul says that we are Christ ambassadors. That's yeah. right. I mean, wherever we go, whatever we say, act, do, we're a representation of Him, and how profound that must be if we think about that and not to take his grace in vain oh absolutely we need to be ambassadors every single one of us jesus is clear in all his words that the world is a mission field but he needs true believers to be the missionaries to bring in the spiritual harvest what does the, what does the bible say about the the harvest and the few harvest plentiful right. labors are few right the labors are few because people won't do it people mm-hmm. people want everybody else to do it. oh that's not my responsibility that's for the pastor or the Discipleship team, that's not for me. I'm just, you know, in other words, I am just hooking onto the, the coat sleeves of somebody else. You know, it's not like we can live in the coat sleeves of our parents growing up. I know some people used to think that of a pastor's kid. Well, you're just a pastor's kid. That's why you don't do what you do. No, I had to make a commitment. I had to make a choice. A lot of, a lot of PKs are not good kids. Mm-hmm. They've rebelled. They've gone just the opposite direction, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, – We've got to put our trust and our faith in God and make good choices every single day. And when we make a poor choice, we get back up again and we get going the right direction. Now, my dad was famous for saying that because my dad was a really great college football player. And he would get, they said, people would say, they called him Powerhouse Doherty. And they said he'd get knocked down. He said he would get back up again to sustain the tackle or sustain the block. He said he was a master of that. And he told us kids that growing up. You just get back up again. Don't let this thing derail you. People, if you're out there, you're dealing with an issue and it is just taking you down, allow God to help you back up again and get going. You can make it through it. None of us are perfect. We've all struggled. Every one of us, the four of us in this room, have struggled. The other three a lot more than me. No, just tease. <laughs> no, probably just the opposite. But we've all we've all struggled in our lives. But And there's times we've all had to get back up again. Do we? I know, because I know some of your life, you went through some pretty major stuff in your life. And, man, you had to get back up. Yeah. You know, God will test us. Um, and, you know, it's it's easy to say I'm a Christian. But then when, you know, when the choice is made, um, follow Christ or follow your own reasoning or logic or even money. Um, you know, I had to, I had to say goodbye to a couple of things. Um, so I can say, God, I fully trust in you. And, um, it was a little hard for my family and I, but, you know, here I am sitting with Tom again after so many years and with Don and, and Max and, you know, God knew the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning he knew exactly where he wanted me. He has a way of guiding us and leading us. Um, you know, we always want to put our little fingers in it, and it just messes things up. If we can just really trust him, he really knows. He really has the best for he us. He does. Jan Johnson from Moody Monthly Magazine said, Many believers are rabbit hole Christians. In the morning, they pop up out of their Bible studies, and finally in the day, praying for the unbelievers, they safely avoid it all day. <laughs> Is that true? I mean, there's so many people, you know, well, we pray for all these things, then we avoid people because we don't have to deal with them. Folks, your decisions are huge. Your future is huge. God has something big for you, and he wants you to trust him. He wants you to be accountable to him. Hey, he wants to be the difference maker in your life. Folks, thanks for listening. Boys, thank you. Lord bless you. Lord thanks, bless. folks. 
LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.